proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to cut your own hair. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about more of our fave top-ranked BGG games. First, we discuss a couple games we played recently, like Gridopolis and Battlestar Galactica. Then, we talk about more of our 1 in 100 games. And now, here are your hosts, Andy and Crystal, plus special guest, Pam. Recently, I got a review copy of Gridopolis, the second edition, which is a 3D strategy game and system. I'm not sure when it will be out, but it's currently available for pre-order on their site as I'm recording this episode, but it might be available for actual order. (laughs) But their site is uh, gridopolis.games, so you can check out that. But Gridopolis, it's basically like the rules are kind of like 3D checkers with the ability to add spaces onto the board. And the game box is pretty big. It comes with a lot of pieces and there's a huge toy factor to it. So if you look at it, it's really colorful. There's big plastic shapes and stuff. And before you play the game, you build out the whole game board, which because like all the pieces are modular is modular, like posts and circle platforms and stuff that you all stick together. It's kind of like connects. (laughs) You're making a board (laughs) out of connects or Lego or something. And then (laughs) so that's kind of cool. But yeah, the the basic rules are similar to checkers. So you're you have these pawns and you can move and you're jumping over pieces to capture them and then they turn into kings. The piece itself is like, it looks like a king kind of, but curved. So like one way up, it's the king. And then if you turn it upside down, it's the pawn. So that's kind of cool. So Gridopolis has lots of different game modes though. It's not just the 3D checkers, but that's like the base game. You can play either the last one standing, which is like checkers or timed so I guess like a certain number of rounds which I did not play I was only able to play it two player and solo that plays up to four players though which I think would be more fun so I played with with Toby two players and I'm not really a big fan of abstract strategy games like checkers and it felt similarly but it was fun I liked the 3d part of it because you're trying to jump in 3d so like looking looking at the space (laughs) trying to figure out if you can jump like oh if I move here then I can threaten there and I thought that was pretty cool and I think it's probably good for like kids to learn spatial concepts too Toby actually didn't like it as much as checkers because of the 3d part he thought it added on too much and he just likes the streamlined version so (laughs) if you want like more added on versus if you like less then then you might like it better or worse than checkers Um, so how does this compare to modern abstract strategy games stuff like santorini or you know games like that it's more simple than those i think because like santorini has like special powers and stuff but but i i didn't get to play it with more players which i think would have been more interesting and i also think i would have liked the timed mode better where where there's just a certain number of rounds because at the end game it kind of dragged on a bit i the the kings are pretty powerful and I was able to like run around and survive with one king and he had a king and three pawns. Um, so we just called it. So I think I would prefer just playing like with to points. And then with more players, it's probably be harder to just like run around and survive. Uh, but there's a lot of different, uh, it's very modular. And there's also like a design your own game that they have on the, on the site. So it's good for a teaching tool. You can, 
you can design your own game uh, using different guidelines. They have like, pick pick how you're gonna capture pieces. You can either jump on them or land on them or no capturing like Chinese checkers. And then you pick like how they can move and stuff like that. And then you build up the board and, and then play with that. So I think it'd be good for like an educational game for also for game design. The solitaire game was like that marble solitaire game. If you've played that, it's um, a grid of marbles where you're hopping over a marble and then capturing it yourself and trying to get it so there's only one marble left. Oh, it's um, the, the peg game from Cracker Barrel. It's the... Maybe? I don't know. Okay, so... Yes, so there... Anyone who's ever been to a Cracker Barrel will know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a wooden triangle with pegs in it. And everybody played this at Cracker Barrel forever. But there's also one that's like circular with... It's a cross with more more pegs in it. Oh, okay. So it's it's um, bigger. Yeah, and then this one is is 3D. So it's different. And the triangle one, I, I know... Because it's, it's like a puzzle. Once you know it, then you can do it. But the bigger one, I don't know. And this one, I also don't know. So I'm not very good at it. <laughs> but that, that's a solitaire game. So that, that's a puzzle. Um, another thing is with Gridopolis, the box and storage solution, I'm not sure exactly how you're supposed to store it. Because I, I had to take it apart, most of it. Because you can't really store the three-dimensional thing in the box. But And, and like each layer was kind of too big to fit in the box. So I had to like break up some of the layers. So I think you would be building it each time, which is kind of a lot of setup for the game. But the building, it is kind of fun if you like connects and Legos. So I think that's that might be part of the appeal. So, so I think if, if you've got kiddos who yeah, like to build things, yeah. then... So I, I think this is, is like probably good for like kids and like learning for them and also the building part. It's, it's very fun toy factor. I mean, based on the way you described it, it kind of mm-hmm. does sound like a next step game if you have if a family with like yeah. somewhat young kids who are really like starting to get into gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they would probably really like trying to design their own game too, and it sure. gives like steps for it, so it's not just designing from scratch. So that's, oh, that's really cool. good for kids. Yeah. So that's Gridopolis. All right. Well, the game I'm going to talk about today, y'all, I haven't talked about this in a hot minute. It's been a <laughs> long time. And I'm so excited because Pam is here. We got to part play in an online game of Battlestar Galactica. And it was amazing. <laughs> it really, truly was. So Yay. friend of the show and also patron of the show, Rachel and Adam, have played Battlestar Galactica online with their friends on using a tool called the Vassal Engine. It's You can download the tool and then you can download games for it. It's somewhat rudimentary compared to other online platforms and tools, but it worked really well once we got to know it. And when I heard that they were playing BSG online, I immediately was like, please play with me, play with me, play with me, play with me. (laughs) And so in our Slack channel, so if y'all aren't supporting our show on Patreon, you're missing out on opportunities like this. We organized the game and got together. So we had a total of five people in the game, which honestly, I like playing Battlestar Galactica with five. I think that's a really solid number. Yeah, I've played it with more and there's like too much to keep track of and I make too many mistakes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, five, it, it clips along at a nice pace and there's not too many people talking over each other. So yeah, five five's a good number. Four is a, a little sad. I've done it at four and it's just, it's not as good. I will admit, I, back in December at PAX Unplugged, I actually played with Nick 
and moderator Chris from Flip the Table in a three-player game, and that was surprisingly fun. I actually did not expect to like it as much as I did at three players. I don't know if it would always be great at three, but that particular game was good. And I have to say, you say, Pam, that sometimes in this game you make mistakes, but you pulled off one of the most epic moves I've ever seen in a game of Battlestar Galactica. You, okay, so Pam, uh, were you a human or a Cylon? At the beginning, I was... (laughs) A human, as far as I knew. Yes. Yes, but unfortunately for us, uh, when the sleeper phase hit, you realized that you were no longer human. Yes, I, I came alive, as it were, and realized my true nature. And by happenstance, I was in the perfect place with the perfect ability still left to... Um, really wreak some havoc and it was by far the best turn I have ever had in any Battlestar Galactica game I have ever played. The way I would describe it is if for those of you listening if you've played Battlestar Galactica I think almost anybody would say that as a Cylon it is generally your best move to reveal and use your special power before you get found out completely by the group. And Pam knowingly outed herself as a Cylon without actually revealing because she used her character's special ability to pull off the most epic move. She was able to, with her character's ability, she stole the Admiral role from one of the other players for a single turn and then made us do a jump at negative three population and picked a horrible destination for us. Like it was all a series of, we were all kind of just like sitting back, like mouths agape, like watching it happen because we couldn't do anything about it. And at this point we know she's a Cylon, but it's her turn. So we can't do anything about it. And I, I was just so super impressed. And honestly, like I can't, I couldn't even be mad about it because it was so good. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. And like the, the couple of turns before that people were definitely like, I was suspect number one and I was not Mm. covering it very well. And luckily I did try. I did try (laughs) before your turn. Like we had an inkling. We weren't certain, but I was, I was pretty, pretty sure. And I did try and stave you off at the pass, but I was unsuccessful. Yeah. There were, I think maybe two attempts to put me in the brig. Yeah. Or do something nasty to me. And I just, I had a hand, I had a handful of the perfect cards. Um, and I, yeah, there was definitely a huge luck factor. I cannot claim skill in this. No, situation. it was all skill. Don't listen to her. It was seriously so masterful. It was, it was Man. super fun though. And uh, I had not played Ellen Ty before, and everything I read online was that she's either not fun or difficult to play or all these challenges. And I'm like, I don't care because I love that character in the show. I was a huge fan of the show. Uh, and I just, I thought she was, you know, I hated her so much and then I loved her so much and then I hated her so much. I'm like, <laughs> I want to play this character because I just, I want to emulate that. And it worked. I did. And everybody loved me and then they hated me. <laughs> yep. And I played Kane. So you and I, we, we, the only women in the game were the ones in the show that are sometimes difficult to love, <laughs> I would say is probably a good description. Yes. But no, it was an awesome game. Uh, You and Rachel were our Cylons and we had gotten to eight 
jump points and we were needed to make our one final jump. And unfortunately, you all tanked one of our resources down to zero before we were able to do that. So the Cylons did come out victorious in the end. Barely. But yes, we did purge the human scum. I mean, it was... <laughs> it's so funny because people say games like Battlestar Galactica or other hidden trader games can sometimes be wildly unbalanced. But in, in a lot of the games I've played, even in the middle of the game when it feels like one side is dominating... I still find that the ends of Battlestar Galactica tends to be really close almost every time, even when it doesn't feel like it in the middle. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've felt that same thing in every, every game of it that I've played. And it doesn't matter if there's expansions, no expansions, cherry-picked pieces of expansions. It's just it, every game I've played is just so well-balanced, and it really is a nail-biter at the end. Yeah. I was really happy that we got to play this and we are, I believe, planning on doing this again. We haven't set it up yet, but I would love to do this again in the future. And if anybody else, you know, likes Battlestar Galactica and wants to play it online, you know, hit me up. Now I know that I can play online. I want to do this more often. I, you know, it's my favorite game of all time. And I, on average, I play it, I've, I've said in the past once a year, although I've played it three times in the past year now because I played it at PAX Unplugged then I played it again on the Dice Tower Cruise where Paula Deming and I were Cylons and that was epically fun (laughs) and now this so yeah I'm gonna maybe start playing Battlestar Galactica more regularly which is really exciting for me honestly yeah that's awesome it's, it's a great game uh, Ambi, would you potentially be interested? I know your schedule <laughs> is tough because you have to play late. So maybe if we could find a group on the West Coast who was willing to stay up late, uh, or people not in the West Coast who wanted to stay up really late, would you be interested in playing in the near future? Yeah, if the timing worked out. But I mean, yeah, because you because I don't have that much time. <laughs> t- taking care of one-year-olds is uh, yeah. a lot of work. <laughs> So, yep, uh, Pam, I'm so glad we got to play and that you got to join us here for this recording to talk about it. Unsurprisingly, I still love Battlestar Galactica. And I have said this before, and I'm going to continue to say it. The reason Battlestar Galactica is my number one game of all time is because I, every single time I play it, it feels so good. Mm -hmm. Like, it just, there are other games that I love, but that I have not so good, you know, experiences with occasionally. I've never had that. Even my worst games of Battlestar Galactica have been such fun and so memorable. So it's for me, it's great. My new goal is to try and get Nick Murphy to play it because he claims he will never play Battlestar Galactica. So if anybody's listening to this episode, go on Twitter and start uh, <laughs> tweeting at the Brothers Murph and tell Nick Murphy that he should play BSG with me online. He should try it at least once. Like you got to try yeah. it before you say that it's not a thing that you like it might be his favorite game i mean it probably won't be based on what i know of him but he did say that if he was ever going to do it it would be with me so hopefully i can convince him at some point hopefully yeah maybe that could be like a a, another fundraiser raffle some sort of thing like if we can Mm. you know you gotta you gotta guilt him with the charities right (laughs) good idea that sounds like a good plan (laughs) A few episodes, we had a list of our 1 in 100 games, which was our favorite game from each 100 games in the BGG's ranking 1 to 1,000. And we got requests to do the next 1,000 1 in 100 games. So we are going to start doing our 1 in 100, 1,001 to 2,000 list. It's very confusing, (laughs) but I think you all will understand 
when we get into it more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But uh, we made the list. There was a time where we made our our 10 games for this list, but BGG ratings change all the time, so they might not be in those uh, categories at the moment you hear this episode, but that's what they were when we made the list. So and spoiler with. alert, we are not going to be able to fit all 10 games from 1,000 to 2,000 in a single episode, so we're going to mm-hmm. do five in this episode and five in the next episode. Yeah. So you'll be hearing us talk about these for a couple of episodes, and again, yeah, when you go and look at the BGG rankings... <laughs> Stuff that yeah. we talked about won't be in the places we said it that they were because, yeah. Especially the, for the next episode. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. No, I can't even imagine. Everything's going to be moved around by then. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get into the list. Okay. My game for the grouping of 1001 to 1100. Ambie, this might have been the hardest pick I've had to make thus far really? in us doing one in 100. <laughs> so here's the thing. There are three games here that I adore. Mm. Like really, really, truly adore, could pick any of them easily. I am taking the two newer games out of the equation and picking the game that I've owned longer, but only because I've owned it and played it more. So I am omitting Nova Luna, which I love so much, and Fantastic Factories, which I've only technically played twice. And I am going with Sentient for my pick here. Sentient doesn't feel like a game that I think people would peg as a favorite of mine. And for some reason, the the slight mathiness of it and the, the selecting the cards and the manipulating the dice, the pink aesthetic of the game is really appealing <laughs> to me. I just really love uh, Sentient. I love teaching it to other people. I've actually fit it in my quiver before. It's pieces are small enough that I can put it into a quiver. It's a little difficult to do, but... I love it. So it beat out a couple of really good, more recent titles for me for 1001 to 1100. My pick for 1001 to 1100, I had a couple that I was waffling between, including Transamerica and Ghost Blitz. We got to give a shout out to Ghost Blitz, right? You know, you got to. That was the first game I ever talked about on this podcast, I think. Oh. <laughs> the first recently played because it had Blitz. <laughs> but but I picked Insider, which is like 20 questions, but with a traitor, kind of. Well, it so, is. That's why, I mean, it's 20 questions with a traitor. That really yeah. is what Except it is. Except the traitor in the Insider wants you to guess it, whereas people often compare it to where words where the traitor doesn't want you to guess the word. And I'm not sure which one I like better. It depends on, I don't know, the situation. But, but I have both. <laughs> but I, I like 20 questions, so I like the base game of it. And I'm always like just playing 20 questions. And then I realize, oh, shoot, I need to not play it as well because we want to figure out who the insider is. Because if you play it too well, then you just answer and then the insider doesn't have to do anything. But you want to like... I've, I've well. done the same thing in this game. I've had to te- tell people like, don't ask <laughs> the smartest question. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess it has a different feeling than Werewords, because in Werewords, you want to answer it well, but like, yeah. <laughs> so, Insider is fun and funny. <laughs> All right, my pick to 1101 to 1200 technically was easy, but not. So, I'll, I'll just tell you all, I'm going with Castell. You all know that I stand Castell hard. Mm-hmm. But also in this grouping are two games that I super love, QE and Forgotten Waters. Forgotten mm-hmm. Waters, I just haven't played enough yet. I I hope these don't stay in the same hundred forever because I truly believe Forgotten Waters could be near the top of my favorite games of all time. 
Um, I just probably going to get up in the rankings because it's new. Yes. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it'll move up. I think it'll be in the top thousand, Mm -hmm. I would imagine. But yeah, I had to pick Castell. Y'all know me and the Castellers (laughs) were were like this. I'm crossing my fingers. You can't see it, but I am. (laughs) I just love the game so much. I think it's underrated. I wish more people would play it and buy it and love it. And I would love, oh man, I would love to get like an expansion or a new map or something. Renegade, please give me more Castell stuff. (laughs) It's great. I love it. It was an easy pick, technically, even though the other two are great, too. (laughs) My pick for this one is Sleuth, which is a deduction game. It's like kind of like Clue, but without a board and dice. You have cards instead, and you're playing cards to ask other people questions. So I like deduction a lot. It's one of my favorites, maybe my favorite things in games. So Sleuth is a good deduction game. My pick for 1201 to 1300 was a little bit weird because this game has multiple listings in the BGG rankings. So I picked Beyond Balderdash, which new editions of the game are just called Balderdash now. And they include all of the parts that are in Beyond Balderdash. But when I was growing up, regular Balderdash was just word definitions and nothing else. And Beyond Balderdash was the version that included silly laws and movie plots and other things like that. So even though both are listed in the BGG rankings, I went ahead and picked Beyond Balderdash for my pick here because that version of the game with all of the fun stuff, not just making up fake definitions to words, is the one that I love. Although the edition I have is just called Balderdash. So I struggled with whether this was the correct pick here or not, but I think it is. It is the one that I have rated on BGG. Y'all have heard me talk about Balderdash before when I've talked about my fave party games. It's super great. I love it. It always astounds me how clever my friends are anytime I play this. Like, even people who are like, oh, I'm not that creative, they come up with the best stuff when we play Balderdash. And I'm always just like, all of those answers seem believable and I don't know what the real one is. It's great. And I've even, I'll play this with my mom and my mom is super good at this game too. (laughs) Nice. In this category for me, there weren't that many games that I had played, and so it wasn't a strong category for me, but I picked Gulo Gulo, which is a children's game. And it's not one of those children's games that I would have fun playing with adults, I think. (laughs) So this is a children's game that I would play with children only. Um, We don't find a lot of those. A lot of the kids' games, I'm like, no, I just want to play that with adults. (laughs) Yeah, but but in, in Gulo Gulo, you're picking eggs from a bowl so there's a dexterity part there because you don't want this stick to fall over but for me that dexterity part was really easy and then the colored eggs that you pick is how you move up a track and you're trying to move up to get to the nest part so there's different colors and you pick go like i think you go to the closest color of the egg that you pick so if you there's like there's a bunch of red next to you but then there's a blue really far out and that's the first blue then you want to go for a blue egg so there's some strategy there that the children learn because they say, oh, I want to go that far or something, and, and so I'm going for this egg. But if they don't realize that yet, they can go for a different egg. So it, it teaches them some strategy, and then there's also the dexterity. And the eggs are easier to pick up if you have little fingers. So once kids are old enough to not just grab all the eggs in the bowl, then they have a slight advantage over adults <laughs> with that part. So that's Gulo Gulo. My pick for 1301 to 1400, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I'm going to describe both the game I picked and one of the games that (laughs) is a runner up for me. The game I picked is Detective Club, which is one of my favorite social deduction games that I also think is underrated, like a lot of games that I talk about recently. Detective Club is great because it's 
easier for the person who is like the hidden person to hide in this game specifically because they don't have to actively lie until all of the information that was hidden to them is given to them. So they have to lie a little bit, but only after they've been they know all of the information. But then I want to talk about a game that is out of print that is also in this category, and that is Duplik. It's spelled D-U-P-L-I-K, but it's been published under a few different titles. I was introduced to this game by Megan and Mason Weaver at, I think, BGGCon in 2018. There's these ridiculous line art drawings on cards, and one person draw, like draws one of those cards and looks at it secretly and has to describe what's on the picture to all of the other players. All the other players then have to draw what that person is describing. And then at the end of the when the time runs out you flip the card over and it tells you all of the elements that are on the card and you get points based on how many of them you drew so it's and but like it's the most ridiculous pictures you would ever imagine it's not just like a person on a bicycle it's like a person on a bicycle with a penguin in the background and there's a house but it has five stories and like it's hard to describe i've desperately wanted a copy of this game for a while and it's been out of print and I'm surprised no one has picked it back up again. So even though I picked Detective Club for this category, I wanted to talk about Duplic because publishers, if you're listening to this, please, please, please reprint that game. Yeah, that game was fun. So fun. I didn't notice Detective Club when I was going through this list, I think. So I'm not sure if that would be my pick, but I picked New York Slice, which is also oh, that was also on my short list because yeah. I really like New York Slice as well. <laughs> yeah, so New York Slice is an I split you choose game, so it's pretty fun. This you're trying to get pizza slices, <laughs> you're, you're collecting slices of pizza and trying to get like the most of each slice, but you also want like pepperoni gives you points and anchovies give you negative points and stuff. So it's fun just like one person cuts the pizza and then everyone else picks the slice sections that they want and the person who cut it gets it last pick so you want to cut it as evenly as possible and you want to try to get it's like if you want this piece then you make that section less attractive to other people so it's pretty fun trying to like figure out how to slice it (laughs) yeah no this game is really interesting it's pretty easy to teach but it's got some very interesting decisions in it yeah my pick for 1401 to 1500 is Lotus. Lotus is a really beautiful card game where you are building flowers by adding petals to them and then collecting those petals when you complete flowers, adding a little bug token to the flowers to score extra points. It's pretty simple. It's got great table presence because all these beautiful flowers end up all over the table. It's pretty easy to teach. I haven't played this one in a while. It's one of those games that every time I bring it off the shelf and play it, I'm reminded of how much I like it. So yeah, that is why Lotus is my pick for 1401 to 1500. My pick for this section is Paris Connection, which is one of my favorite cube rail games. It's a train game where you're building routes. But the cool thing is the cubes that you use to build the routes are also the cubes that are your shares. So you can either like get more shares or use the cubes to build routes. But if you make that color really good, then there's less cubes to take as your shares because there's only a certain number of cubes for each each train. So you want to build a good route for it by using a lot of the cubes, but then you also want to take the cubes as your shares. So you have to balance that out. Um, I mentioned this when we talked about bytes. It has a similar feeling to the first game of bytes that we played where you're like trying to balance out getting the colors that you think are going to score high and then also like bringing, getting the ant, moving the ant there. (laughs) 
So yeah, it, it's similar to that Paris connection. And there's also more, uh, a lot of screwing over other people by you see what shares they're getting and then messing up the route because you can build any of the colors, even if you don't have shares in that route. So, so that's fun. So Paris connection. All right, and we will move into 1501 to 2000 mm -hmm. in our next episode, so you all will just have to wait two weeks to hear that. We're very excited for you all to hear that one. I think we're going to have some interesting picks in that list coming up. Pam, thank you so much for joining us today and discussing our BSG play with me. <laughs> you are always a delight to have on the show. Well, thank you. I, I try. Not very hard, but I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> and if we do, in fact, get to play BSG again in the near mm -hmm. future, I mean, I'm not probably going to do it for recently played again soon, but, you know, maybe we can get a few more people to play with us. I'm pretty excited about the possibility of just being able to play it semi-regularly. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's fantastic, and everybody should try it, including, including Nick Murphy. Including Nick Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, BoardGameBlitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. For the month of September, you can get 20% off your order of all non-exclusive items sold at GrayFoxGames.com by entering the promo code BLITZTIME at checkout. We suggest grabbing yourself a copy of Zoned Out, a colorful city-building game. Gray Fox Games, quality games cleverly crafted. Support our show and get cool perks for as little as $1 a month by visiting patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. As a patron, you'll get access to pre-edit recordings and our private Slack channel where you can chat with us and other booksiteers every day. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Board Game Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, because you know we're all about those games, about those games on tables. Bye, everyone. Bye. Not because. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Are you alright there, Dylan? You're fine, aren't you? That was a very large cough. I'm so sorry. Hi, puppy. Hi. Did you want my attention? It worked. <sighs> she just like hagged up along. What is. Okay, are we good now? Yeah? Okay, they're just looking at me. They're so cute. I don't even. Hold on. Like, I don't know. <laughs> They're just looking at you. They're just looking at me. They're looking, we, I'm looking at me. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for video and blog... <laughs> Bog content. <laughs> and that's it it's for this swampy. week's... Swampy. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I was... I did... Sorry. It's okay. <laughs>